Reflections for Lent 2022, On the Way with Jesus, Week 2, Transfiguration. There is something majestic and mysterious about mountains. I think of Ben Boban, the mountain in Sligo that I know very well. It looms on the landscape like a prow of a great ship with its changing luminous light so often shrouded by cloud and captured by painters, photographers and poets. There is something majestic, mysterious about the mountain that we are going to read of in Luke's Gospel, Luke chapter 9, verse 28 to 36, the Mount of Transfiguration. We read, Now about eight days after these sayings, Jesus took with him Peter and John and James, and went up on the mountain to pray. And as he was praying, the appearance of his face was altered, and his clothing became dazzling white. And behold, two men were talking with him, Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory and spoke of his departure, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Now Peter and those who were with him were heavy with sleep, But when they became fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. And as the men were parting from him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah, not knowing what he said. And as he was saying these things, a cloud came and overshadowed them and they were afraid as they entered the cloud. And a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my son, my chosen one. Listen to him. And when the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone. And they kept silent and told no one in those days anything that they had seen. There is a great sense of otherness about the experience of transfiguration. We enter into another world, a world which is beyond us, hidden, mysterious, a world of transcendence. The transcendent God who is above us and beyond us. The very word transfiguration is unique with a distant feel to it. It means literally a striking change of appearance. And it refers to the change of appearance of Jesus on the mountain, as witnessed by three of his followers, Peter, James and John. Let's try to enter into this unique experience of transfiguration as we consider this reading in Luke's Gospel. The first observation that we make is that the experience of transfiguration came through prayer. Verse 28. Jesus withdraws onto a mountain with three of his core followers to pray. He's in northern Galilee with his followers, and the mountain is probably Mount Hermon, Israel's highest mountain at over 3,000 metres. And as he prays on this mountain, Luke notes something remarkable happens. His appearance changes, his face shone, his clothes were radiant. The experience of transfiguration began in prayer. What is prayer? 
Prayer is an encounter with the transcendent God. We enter another world. We are changed and we see another perspective. The experience of transfiguration came about through prayer. Second, you will notice that the experience of transfiguration was timeless. In verses 29 and 31, as Jesus' face changed in appearance and his clothes became radiant, two other men appeared in glorious splendor, Moses and Elijah. These were two of the great Jewish figures from the past, Moses, the lawgiver, and Elijah, God's premier prophet. These men had been dead for centuries, and yet here they are, talking with Jesus on the mountain, talking about his exodus, his departure, which he was to bring about in fulfillment at Jerusalem, on the cross, the resurrection, and the ascension. And this was to take place at some point in the future. The experience of transfiguration is one of timelessness. It speaks eloquently of the timeless, eternal God. The writer of the New Testament letter to the Hebrews puts it like this. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. You'll find that in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 8. Three, the third thing we discover is that the experience of the transfiguration was beyond comprehension of the disciples. We see that in verses 32 and 33. Luke shares with us that Peter, James, and John were initially heavy with sleep. They were exhausted. We read that in verse 32. Then they became fully awake, seeing three men before them. And as the two men, Moses and Elijah, begin to leave, Peter makes an impromptu suggestion to build three temporary shelters for Jesus, Moses, and Elijah. He's clearly out of his depth, for look, as he did not know what he was saying. Clearly, the experience of transfiguration was beyond comprehension. And fourthly and lastly, we see the experience of transfiguration was rooted in God in verses 34 and 36. As Peter was speaking nonsense, a cloud envelops them, and they were terrified. In verse 34, these Jewish young men were well aware that in their Bible, the Old Testament, the cloud signified the presence of God. No wonder they were terrified as they were entering into the very presence of God. And out of the cloud, a voice is heard. This is my son whom I have chosen. Listen to him. This is none other than the voice of God. And after the voice had spoken, the disciples were with Jesus alone. And they kept this experience of God to themselves. They told no one about it at the time. Like those who've been in a traumatic situation or thinking of the veterans of war who never share their experiences at the time. Transfiguration 
How does the experience of transfiguration touch our lives? The experience of the transfiguration was for the benefit of Peter, James and John. They saw it, felt it, heard it on that mountain. Some 30 years later, Peter, writing to a Christian community in what we call modern-day Turkey, spoke of it as, in 2 Peter 1, verses 16 to 18, we were eyewitnesses to his glory. We heard heaven's voice. We were with him on the sacred mountain. Do you see what Peter is saying? It was for them. Yes. But it's also for us. The transfiguration is for contemporary Christians. It is timeless. Jesus Christ, you remember the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's about another perspective, isn't it? It's about eternity, past, present, future. It's about God's plan of salvation accomplished through the cross, the empty tomb, the resurrection, the ascension and the return of Jesus at some point in the future. It's about the glory of God, his majesty, his weight, his substance. It's about entering in, believing the eyewitness accounts of those who were there. And there are times in all of our lives, personal, family, church life or national, that we need to be reminded of the truths contained in the transfiguration. So as we close, can I appeal for you to enter into the glory of Christ? How do we do that? We turn from self, our self-glorification. We turn from the world's so-called hollow glory. We repent, we turn, and we believe in him the glorious one, and share in his glory. Can I ask you in the face of what's going on in your life, its challenges and difficulties and frustrations, to lift up your hearts, not to be afraid, and to trust the glorious one, the Lord Jesus, and his hold on your life. He will carry you through. And can I encourage you to look beyond, to look beyond the despair of our times, what's going on in the Ukraine and Russia and Eastern Europe, the remains of the COVID pandemic, the closing down of hope in our culture, the breakdowns of society, and look up and see the vision of glory, the radiance of Christ. The one who is Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen.